0: Welcome to another edition of Cut To It. We're going to really get into the weeds because it's week 11 coming up this Sunday. And so we're starting to talk about things that it just kind of shows the way the season is going. Right. You know, uh, I, I get I get called to homers because I live in Charlotte, play for the uh, Panthers. But we're going to go to my other team that I have dual citizenship with is the AFC North, the black and Blue Division, and we just got to start off with the upset, or was it an upset, with the Baltimore Ravens playing the defensive-led Cleveland Browns and Mr. Houdini himself in the second half. What what do you have to say about that game and what you saw with your own eyes since you now have to watch real good football because – Mac Jones and the New England Patriots are kind of like the Panthers right now, which is, you know, we're just evaluating everybody.
1: Do you think if the the Patriots and Panthers took their best 53, like of the the 106, if they just took the best 53, would that be a playoff team? I'm not so sure.
0: Oh, you said that. I, I thought that was a question for me to answer, and I was thinking about it.
1: You can I'm as glad, well. I've, I've, I'm
0: glad people cannot see my thoughts. <laughs> just a random question. All right. If you had, if you could have a superpower, Coley, what superpower would it be?
1: I, I would have uh, like the craziest, like the, how the Flash's metabolism, like he just eats all day because he's constantly burning and can't gain weight. That's the one I need.
0: Having a fast metabolism uh, Newsflash, flash is not a superpower, bro
1: when you don't have it <laughs> you know what i mean it's like i I've been walking around with twenty twenty vision my whole life. Some people get born can't see anything
0: so my superpower would be to be able to transport wherever I want, okay right so like say right now it's cold here in Charlotte if it was bang I' go somewhere I go somewhere warm yeah teleportation yeah. I've heard of it yeah. right there. I don't think I would really appreciate and I'd become ungrateful ASAP because you have the ability to go anywhere every time. Like you would always be, oh, Fiji, they got a, a, a storm coming in. The sun ain't out. It's not hot enough. Bang, Hawaii. You're right. I could just see myself.
1: Well, it does. And also like. You'd still have to wait in lines. You couldn't like, you know, you couldn't teleport to the front of the line. That's just cutting. You can do that in the real world now. So you'd still have to wait in a line if you were trying to get like a prescription or something like that.
0: I'm not gonna teleport to get in the front of the line. That's what I'm, I'm saying. About, like you, would, th- those minor
1: inconveniences would become major talking, inconveniences.
0: I'm not talking. about – That's not an inconvenience. I'm talking about like oh. something that's beneficial.
1: When you're constantly used to going somewhere like that, having to wait in the, the drive through line at Starbucks, that would become the only thing you have to wait for anymore. That would become a major inconvenience.
0: I don't like waiting in Starbucks line right now. I know. I know. It <laughs> so become I'd worse ahead. Like I park. <laughs> I put it in my order, I wait for it, bang. I don't like doing that now. No, so, no, it's the worst. Yeah,
1: I don't think it was an upset. I don't think the Browns beating the Ravens was an upset. I thought the way in which the game played out, the Ravens blew it, but I don't think necessarily these two teams are that far apart talent-wise. So I, that's why I don't know if the the loss was an upset. Them blowing this lead was reminiscent of the beginning of last year where they were up. 21 on the Dolphins, where they're up 18 on someone else, where they just kept consistently blowing fourth-quarter leads, that, to me, is what the Ravens should be upset about. If they had just lost this game outright, I wouldn't call it an upset. The way in which they did it was upsetting.
0: Well, I just remember in the first half, 6 of 20, 79 yards, uh, passer rating 27.7. And I was saying, why? How is that possible? The Ravens did an outstanding job of containing – and, uh, and making Deshaun Watson not go through his uh, progressions and be able to sit in the pocket comfortably to be able to deliver the football. What's crazy about all of this is the Houston Texans ran this same route. Dalton Schultz catches the pass, but instead Cooper runs a deeper in route. They run it with Tank Dale. And he runs maybe like an under route. So you have immediate separation from the DB safety and tight end. They run a little bit deeper. And because they run a little deeper, I believe is, like I'm looking at this right now, and in the National Football League, David Joku was open. Now, for Deshaun Watson, unfortunately, he's not open. Some people could say, well, you got the corner up top. Man, this is about inches. You got to throw people open. When he's throwing the football now, about to throw it to Amari Cooper, Joko is still, Joko what? It's more open. And then he throws it underneath, right? So here's the thing. Great play action. You get play action. You get everybody up there. You flash. So everybody has to respect it. Now, bang. He's looking over there to the left. Look at Deshaun Watson's eyes. He's looking over to the left. And I'm telling you. He had a a wide-open guy and joking for a big play.
1: Probably for six, yeah.
0: There were some good plays in here. There were some great plays. You got the Elijah Moore. Let's go to Elijah Moore uh, tape. Elijah Moore. And so here's – when I saw Elijah Moore play, the first thing I thought of is the Florida Gators. And condense the formation. Get your quarterback to see it immediately. Throw it early. So Elijah Moore, this Elijah Moore play, is lined up back there, bang. Now, see, here's, here, here's the thing. Now, people are going to say, well, you know, he's got under pressure. So David Clowney doesn't get a lot of sats in his in his old age, air quotes. But his impact and the way he gets penetration, he, he's able to be disruptive on a consistent basis. This way he was, he was disruptive with Cleveland. Yeah. So he gets in there. Deshaun is sitting there comfortably. He's already looking. I thought that was a good play.
1: Is a guy technically open if the quarterback is not in a position to throw the ball?
0: Man, I don't want to hear all that. You open, you <laughs>
1: um, but This stat was from Brett Coleman. Shout out to him. Uh, first half of this game, average depth of target for the Cleveland Browns was 16.2 yards. And like you said, Deshaun went 6 of 22 for 79 yards and a pick 6 basically to start the game. Uh, The second half, the average depth of target was 5.9 yards. Um, 87% of the throws were short of the sticks, uh, and that resulted in a crisp 14 of 14 for 134 yards. So they just shrunk the field, like you were kind of saying with that Florida offense.
0: Well, they had to shrink the field. It's not because Deshaun Watson can't read. It's because the pressure that the Baltimore Ravens are able to get and generate the same way the Cleveland Browns are able to generate pressure. It speeds up everything. Speeding up an offense is detrimental to the offense and it plays in a favor of the defense. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are watching these games and they say, oh, somebody can't read or he can't do this. It's not true. He's just under duress. Right. And when you're under duress and you start to everything sped up, you miss things when you think about it. Rushing out of the house. Means you're going to possibly forget something. Happens all the time.
1: Well, we were talking about it a little yesterday. Baltimore is still on top of this division, but now barely Cle- Cleveland has that win over them or a half game back. What, what's going through Baltimore's mind right now? They just lost a game like they did last year, even with the new OC. That was the big complaint last year. And it's hard to blame the offense. Cleveland has one of the best, if not the best defenses in the league. They hung just as many points on him. Cleveland won a game at the end, but Baltimore, it's not like their offense was unable to put up points in this game. It was their defense that kind of failed them.
0: Let's go to this first play, right? This is an amazing play. By um, young Hamilton. Look at this play. So obviously, they saw something that they knew they were going get, to get out early when they go out there, pick, fat to <laughs> yourself, touchdown. Bro, that's, that's crazy. Great game. This is
1: 45 like, seconds into the game.
0: 45 seconds <laughs> in the game. Look, it's like, oh my goodness. Look at it. Look. So he sees it. He's actually rushing. Then he sees he's going to try to beat the throw with the rush. Not a good idea. tell. I, I was at his pro day. Uh He's not 5'10". Okay. I'm about 6'3", 6'2", <laughs> 6'4". Uh, AKA bigger than Steve, right? <laughs> now let me show you something that just shouldn't go well. Number five, okay? He goes in motion. Watch this. He decides, hey, I'm going to try to jump over him. I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. You remember what I told you about panicking? My man yeah. is running late to the party. So he decides, I got pa- to cut through, right? He cuts through and says, let me go ahead and jump. Bro. <laughs> he jumped. But here's the best part. He sat there for a moment. and was like, I'm good. Watch what he does after. Nope, I'm not good. <laughs> he lays right on back down.
1: He said, I'm not making this play anyways. Let Look, me take a let me take a, a beat. Bad call, bro. Bad
0: call.
1: One thing you said, the league's getting uh, so predictable on third and fourth down. Uh, I do want to shout out Brian's Detroit football Lions running the ball on fourth and five this week. Oh, my
0: gosh. How dare them?
1: And picking <laughs> it up. Unbelievable, genuinely unbelievable, and also to the predicti- uh, predictability. I don't know if you saw Monday Night Football last night, Mahomes. I did
0: not. I did not watch that game. You know why I didn't watch that game? Here's I why. <laughs> I didn't watch. I didn't watch that game because of when I look at the Buffalo Bills, they play hang around football. They'll hang around and do something they shouldn't and ain't supposed to be doing. I don't get it. I'm tired of watching it. Not tired of watching, like, just, like, angry. But it's like, man, this team could be so good. And is it fair to say the window is closing? Like, shut. Like, we're on the 22nd floor. I don't care if it's hot. You can't open the window. (laughs) It it is bolted shut.
1: (laughs) The hotel windows. Uh, Yeah. The Broncos had the ball in plus territory. Manning asked Mahomes what he thinks is gonna happen. He said they're gonna run the ball, they're gonna run the ball, they're gonna do a play action for a touchdown. Like he was like he was calling the plays himself, that's exactly what happened. Is that just Mahomes grinding film or are the Broncos that predictable?
0: Probably probably both, but you gotta understand it's not predictability because of their play call it is predictability with he's within a division. Sure. And when you're in that division, you know that team better than any other team. That's just how it goes. That's your job. You play them twice a year. So you have to anticipate and know and be prepared for all of the what-ifs. Do
1: teams have, I don't want to say two playbooks, but do they call games differently because of division opponents versus we know we're gonna play this team once every four years.
0: Well, I mean you you you're going against your cousin. So you always have something in the bag ready to give that because you need it, right? And and why do I say you need it? Right? Let's just let's let's look at this. You got the Baltimore Ravens at seven and three, division wins two and two, Pittsburgh Steelers. First of all, the Pittsburgh Steelers are winning football games, and they should not be winning football games. They are 6-3, 2-0 in the division. The Cleveland Browns are 2-2, and the Cincinnati Bengals are dead last, 5-4. Let me tell you, there's some folks right here down the street here in Charlotte, North Carolina, that would give a lot of body parts to be 5-4 and right now, and the Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2 in the division. They play the Baltimore Ravens this Thursday. So you have the chance to be either 0 and 3 in the division, Cincinnati Bengals or 2 and 3 in the division. Man, you can what I'm interested in seeing in this game is you can literally say that somebody may not make the playoffs in the AFC because they will be eliminating themselves, right?
1: But the, I've, I've double vetted this stat, so I don't I don't want to hear it from anybody. The Pittsburgh Steelers. This is via CBS and ESPN. People have heard mm-hmm. of them. The Pittsburgh Steelers are winning in a way that no other NFL team in the history of the ninety years of the sport has ever won. Pittsburgh six and three. They're the only team. To have a winning record, despite being outscored in each of its first out outrushed. Wow, they even got a typo here. Outrushed in each of its first nine games since the NFL started keeping stats. Not like since the day they were like, hey, you know what? We should write this down. That's since that day. They 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 got the Ticonderoga out. They started writing <laughs> it down. Yeah. And since that day, no yeah. team has done what these Pittsburgh Steelers have done.
0: Where do you want to start with this Cincinnati game? The one thing, the one thing that I walked away with with the Cincinnati game is, uh, looking at my notes, extending plays at times isn't the right play. Joe Burrow is extending too many plays. Uh, and also Cincinnati defense played a lot of different coverages. And I think that got them in trouble to the point of where they became desperate and they started playing man-to-man coverage. And Nino Brown went off like his name, Nino. Like in New Jack City, bro, it is ridiculous.
1: He's he's been going crazy these last couple of weeks. On him and Dalton Schultz, like these guys were both Dallas Cowboys a year ago. Schultz was obviously putting up some numbers. Brown Schultz, I, had oh. had a strong start to the season, but nothing like this.
0: Schultz, right there. Tank comes underneath. Schultz puts up the hand. Yeah, yeah. Puts up that hand. CJ's looking, eyeing it. The difference in this is. You got the guy on the hash, corner still in the same position, but they run the underneath route slightly shorter, and that makes it open early. I thought his leg was going to come clean off the bone watching this live. Me too, but here's what they do. Now, Deshaun Watson was looking to the left. CJ doesn't look to the left. You know what CJ does? He looks to the right Mm -hmm. because he knows – I know where I'm going. So because I know where I'm going, let me make sure I can keep those guys guessing and get out of there and then put some touch on the ball. Look, he does such a good job of of using his eyes. Look at the linebacker, 57, Mm -hmm. right here. He goes over there, linebacker goes, oh, crap. (laughs) Overextends, gets out of his frame of his body, and he slips. And honestly, if he doesn't slip, that possibly is a pick. But he slips because CJ uses his eyes to get the linebacker to be out of placement outside of his structure of his body and drops a dime.
1: Now is that ball, as a receiver, would you say that ball is a little behind or is that on the money?
0: It's catchable. Definitely catchable. He threw it to the place that the receiver can protect himself. Okay, now, back in nineteen eighty when I played, when I talked to when I ran up the middle, I would always say, "Throw the ball to my chest, and that allows me to catch the ball the way I want to catch it, but also protect myself. Don't overextend me, don't lead right. me to where I have to go that way, get it to where bang right here, so I can use the football. So I use the football as kind of a cushion sure. and then I also when I got hit you know because they say don't hold your breath when you hold your breath you actually stop everything all your organs yeah so I would go oh, and that way when I got hit I'm exhaling and so I would be able to protect my organs as well now some people are like yeah okay I when you go back and see some of my mic'd up when I'm running <laughs> you can hear me breathing you oh, can oh, yeah you can because I always want to make sure I protect my organs
1: I mean, we're talking about the AFC North, but for Houston, I thought this was their most impressive win so far because it's it's easy to win a game you lead front to back. You know what I mean? It's easy. I think it's also a little bit easier to even win a game you're trailing a little bit and then you just have the ball last. To have a lead, a double-digit lead, to have a team considered one of the best in the league come and tie that game late and then to go still win it, that's a type, of, a type of iron, a type of mineral teams take years to build. To have that year one under D'Amico, everyone seems very bought in there.
0: They're very bought in. You got some young guys and some veterans out there, right? You got uh, uh, Woods out there when Tank went got hit, when he was out for a couple of plays. Woods gets back there and, and, and catches some punt returns. Like You got guys contributed in every aspect. But Cincinnati didn't help themselves. They had some costly drops, right? T. Higgins not being in there is really going to hurt them. In the first half of the game, Cincinnati Bengals had six first downs. Second half, it wasn't until eight minutes, into the, eight minutes into the third quarter. So that means you got eight minutes left in the, before the final quarter. You've had four out of the five last possessions been three and outs. Like, that's not winning football. But let me show you why they were having such a hard time, which is look at the pass rush. Look, we know Joe Burrow can play, bro. But extending plays all the time is not good because, look, the way he's extending plays, he's missing wide-open guys because he's too busy trying to figure out how to get out of this mess. Chase Chase is open, but he's under duress. Now he's, that's just not healthy football, right? What Houston has been able to do defensively. And I think that's, this is why this was a great move by the Houston Texans. You get a defensive minded coach, but a defensive minded coach who's been with the San Francisco 49ers that understand a strong defense, right? A defense that travels wins championships, but you got to have a potent offense as well. And that's what they do have, man. and, and I just love what's going on with them, but they got to stop. They really have to stop the Cincinnati Bengals. They got to stop dropping back every single time and throwing a football. They got to utilize Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is a heck of a powerful runner who can catch the ball out of the backfield, but he gets better and better with each handoff. And I don't understand why Zach Taylor has not figured that out yet they just want to throw the ball all over the lot gotta they gotta run the football because if they don't run the football they're gonna find themselves on three in the division five and five running out of running out of time because this is week 11 and then they got you know they got the chiefs And now one of the things i want to highlight about the chiefs and bagels game and this is just just me i'm asking is Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are they be, are they the duo that are becoming the Manny and Brady rivalry?
1: I don't know who else would even be in that conversation with Mahomes, especially if you're just trying to keep it to AFC teams. Um, yeah,
0: that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm I'm keeping it to.
1: Yeah, so I don't I don't know who else would be necessarily close. I mean, I'm sure the Bills would like to be in that conversation. They're not. Um him and Tua really haven't had many matchups against each other. It's it's it seems to be Burrow and Mahomes every year will play at least yep. once and that that'll happen. Um yeah, it's not Lamar. Yeah, it would have to be. I don't know, I don't know who else could even be
0: considered. Is because that game is starting to become a um uh, must see TV. Oh yeah. Right? Look at looking at just again, looking at the AFC North. You got to win your division because following – I remember this Mahomes – you know, the Mahomes and Joe Burrow is like the Brady and Peyton Manning. That AFC Championship game, home field advantage was key. Mm -hmm. Right? Playing on turf indoors with the speed of the Colts, or you're going to get that bad weather in Foxborough, which – Adds an extra element that slows down that team because they are going to throw the football. But I was watching a game they had on NFL Network, they had um, they were playing that game. man, I was watching Atante Samuels, his rookie year. he was making plays. Edge, bro, just he can get himself out of any kind of tackle. Like he was problematic. I was watching, I was over there watching uh Willie McGinnis over there body slam people. You, <laughs> right. You got Teddy Bruski, he's over there burrowing into the line. Um Mike Vrabel out there accosting anybody going across the middle. Mm-hmm. Right? Ty Law out there, uh route recognition. Man, that's just like growing up, that was just football. Like that's who you wanted to be. You wanted to be those guys.
1: That's that defense. Anytime I hear, and this is more fan talk, but anytime I hear like greatest defenses of all time, those early two thousands Patriots. Obviously, I'm biased, but when you stack them up against everyone else, like what they were doing to other teams they they set the record now for most wins in a row. A lot of that was because the defense was showing up every week, especially when Rodney Harrison gets there too. Like it was, you did not want, and I'm, you went up against them a couple of yeah. times. Like it was,
0: they were very problematic, difficult. They knew what you were. They, they always knew what you were running. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting into that. I'm not stepping on that. But they also knew in regards to intelligence, right, where I'm lining up and they're like, yeah, we know, you know, we know the three or four routes you're running from this personnel in this position. That always is a mind trick for the offense when you're in a, when you're in a play, and they're going, watch the reverse, watch the reverse, or watch the screen, and it's a doggone screen coming, right? <laughs> so it's just those guys, yes, you can have whatever intel you're having, but you still have to be able to apply it and do it. And that's the thing. I mean, you do an open book test, and you think it's going to be easier, but if you never study. Right. If you've never had the answers to the, book answers before, to the yeah. Yeah. But it, these guys study, and I think that's the, that's the biggest difference. That they studied, they did that, and that's what made them such a good, a great team that I really love to watch. Now, we already uh, talked about them, but man, my man, Josh Dobbs, I, I got this question. Josh, does Josh Dobbs make you questioning? Is Kirk Cousins really the guy next year for the Minnesota Vikings? And I like Kirk. I think Kirk is balling. I think he's doing a, a great job. But I think they everybody's putting on Kirk. Brian Flores is doing a great job with this defense. This defense is actually covering. This is the best defense they've had in three years with Kirk. The unfortunate part, Kirk's not here to reap the benefit finally. Dobbs has
1: come in. He's... He's got this, like, very infectious energy about him that seems to rub people the right way. Um, but, like, he comes in last week. no one He doesn't know anyone's name. He's taking snaps with the center while he's coming in for the injured quarterback. Um, wins a game. And very, you think he uh, playing that? <laughs> that's you what I mean. Yeah.
0: You think he was prepared to play in that game? No. no,
1: not at all. That's what I mean. So it was like, I don't know that that's something you can bank on every week. And then this week they go out they win a more traditional game. Josh Dobbs plays well. Uh, but even if you look at what he did with Arizona this year, he he comes in immediately wins week one. Doesn't, doesn't keep going that way after that. So I think Josh Dobbs is a, he might be like the 34th best quarterback in the world. You know what I mean? Like really, 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 really good borderline starter. I don't know that that means he's better than Kirk cousins. Who's, puts up like 4,000 yards a year every year, regardless of, of what he's got around him, going back to even his Washington days. But speaking of Josh Dobbs and showing up and, and taking snaps and uh, on the sideline for the first time, how hard is it to join a team mid-season, off-season, whenever you happen to join a team, learn a completely new system, not even just the system, the route from wherever you're living to get to... The, the practice facility to get to the stadium, your whole life change. You're in a new time zone. Everything changes. How difficult is that? And it's like not something people ever talk about when players get moved. Chase Young just went from the East Coast to the West Coast. I'm, he got a bye week, but still, that's that's a big life change.
0: Well, he, he, Chase Young had a, a, at least a little bit of a bye week to get him right. I mean, Josh Dobbs didn't even have a bye <laughs> week. I mean, my man, no. he walked he got off the plane. Went to practice. Next thing you know, he's pl- he, he's uh he's sitting on, he's holding a clipboard, like yeah, you know, let me see. Uh, I wonder, I wonder what kind of food they uh, food, bro. You getting <laughs> in the game? <clears throat> like Josh Dobbs, the when I went from Carolina to Baltimore, there there was a transition. One is I had to live in a hotel for a couple of weeks to figure out where I'm gonna live. Why do I want to do? I want to live by the facility. Do I want to live um, in an apartment? Do I want to live in a house? Well, you you got to figure that part out. And you have time. All these little small things you normally do in offseason, season. But Josh Dobbs is living out of a hotel right now, or with a, or with possibly a teammate that he doesn't really know that well. It's not easy to go from this city to that city in literally three or four days and get acclimated and then also go to work and be fully engaged in work. Right, right. With 9 million other things like, man, did I shut off the water at the old place in Arizona? And then he's going, okay, dang, I just found out I didn't shut the water off in
1: Cleveland. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) He's only been in Arizona two months. So (laughs) all the acclimating he was doing there, you just got to flush that. You got to forget that.
0: Something that was said that I've I read some comments about people are like, oh, you know, Josh Dobbs said that um, the head coach told him that he wasn't being traded. Right. And people are like, oh, this is a business. The general manager did it. The reason why I believe Josh Dobbs mentioned that is this. Josh mentioned that because I believe Josh knows the game and he understands the business. But what, Fans don't always put in account is we're also, you know, we're we're men, but we're also we're also young men or are playing a a boys game, a kid's game. Mm-hmm. And when you have a little anxiety of, am I good enough? Will this be the place that I stay? Will this be a place where I can finally be seen and heard and given a legitimate opportunity. And let me go ahead and put my big boy pants on and go up to the head coach and ask him, hey, coach, am I good? Am I being traded? And the coach looks you in your eye and says, no, you're you're good. Man, that means something to us because you took the time and and built up all of the – The confidence to go ask your boss or your superior, hey, shoot me straight. And he didn't shoot him straight. And the coach may say, well, I didn't want to tell him the truth. Or I was afraid how he would respond. Why shortchange him and limit what you think of who he is? Shoot him straight. This is a business.
1: Yeah, especially like I, it constantly shocks me how it, this isn't just a football thing either. Basketball, baseball, like the this the shroud of secrecy that happens between front office, coach, and player. And I don't understand it because they'll leak stuff to, to the media, no problem. Yeah. Like it'll get out there, but
0: yeah, they'll they, run their they mouth. They'll run their mouth to the media, right? But you look at a young man in the face, and he's looking at you. He walked up to your office. Hey, Coach, can I holler at you? Yeah. Hey, man, I just want to know, am I getting traded? Am I on a trade block? Nah, Like what? Straight.
1: What's the you worst good? that could happen if you go, we're not actively shopping you, but if, if we get a call, we might? Like what, What's the worst thing that could
0: happen? I mean, I, 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 I think it shows the insecurity of the coach it shows the inability to look a man in the eye and, and say how you feel or say what's really going on. And I think that's why the nastiness of the, of the NFL, sometimes uh, players side-eye or look at the coach and roll their eyes because it's like, man, he ain't going to shoot me straight. He's not going to tell me the truth. And, man, that stuff, that stuff catches up with you. That stuff start, that's how you start to erode and lose a team. I'm not saying that that's how, that's what he's gonna do, but I'm just saying if if a guy asks you a question and you say no, and people are like, "Well, he doesn't owe he doesn't owe him the responsibility. he doesn't owe him the truth. Why doesn't he? Where have we become a society where we, when we ask somebody a question, you look at me, no, uh, uh-uh, I'm not trading you what what. If you if you're scared he's not going to respond, man, that's something that's in you, bro.
1: Well, it also seems like such an easy sell in this particular situation. Like, hey, we are going to trade you, but we're going to trade you a place. Like, Kyler's coming back. You're not going to be playing here. We're going to trade you to a place you have a shot to keep playing. That I sounds love like- that. Yeah, that sounds like good news. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I understand that, you've been living here. Me. You don't want to move. I get all that. But that, I know you want to yeah. play. <laughs>
0: like, that tells me it's like I'm going to look at that coach and I'll go, man, I appreciate it.
1: Right. It, right?
0: It, teams I, are I, always I,
1: looking I, for market inefficiencies. They're always looking for what's something that other teams aren't doing that we can do. To me, it's like being open and honest. Like, that's something. <laughs> like, if you're a free agent right now and you hear that from Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals come calling, you probably have a little bit of pause.
0: Yeah, you do. Or you say, hey, let me make sure, let me get enough guaranteed money. Sure. So if they if they, t- if they try any tomfoolery, they can't afford to cut me. Sure. Because I already know he's not going to shoot me straight. Right, right. It, it, it that, that, does, that, that says a lot. All right, let's get into our San Francisco 49ers playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brock Purdy gets back on track. Everybody's talking about Brock Purdy. This is a mistake. This is a mistake. He's not this. He's not that. Well, they got right, and they got right at the expense (laughs) of the Jacksonville Jaguars' Heine. I mean, they were in that thing knee-deep, boy. I'm talking about standing up in it, right? And I can tell you why. I can tell you exactly why. The Debo Samuels effect. Getting all your guys healthy. The way they get Debo Samuels in the football game, get him all – get him involved, right? Last week, 37 snaps. He lined up at running back tw- in the backfield twice. He lined up in the slot. He lined up out wide. He even did two kickoff returns. And then other games, he's lined up seven times in the backfield. He's even lined up in the in line next to the tight end two or three, you know, twice at one time, Debo Samuels, why he makes this offense go is he affects everybody. When they haven't had Debo Samuels for the four games, how many games have they lost in a row? Three. Now, part of that is the, you know, the defense has struggled but it also because the offense has not had their go-to guy, the glue that keeps us all together. Debo affects Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is surgical with the route running, but Debo Samuels, the way they put him in motion, where they lined up, the way he runs routes, how you have to account for him all of the time. If you have to account for Debo Samuels, that means that you cannot be comfortably Comfortable with your defense with Brandon Ayuk running routes. And I got a play to show you on Brandon Ayuk. Got play action. It's nothing even like crazy, but it's just his ability to throw it. Now, Brock Freddy shouldn't have threw this ball, but I don't care. No. It, it happens, right? This corner has no idea nobody is behind him. No. He has no idea. But Brock Freddy knows he doesn't know. So let me go ahead and let him think somebody's behind him. So he points and then throws across his body. So this is where, so you brought this up. Um, when Trent Williams is going in, uh, when he comes down, people talking about, oh, they made a business decision. He didn't make no business decision. He, he did a, he, he just added up the weight of what Trent Williams is and what he's looking at. And he calculated that it's not going to go well.
1: No, he didn't try and hurdle him uh, like Walker.
0: No, he didn't. <laughs> and then Brett. And what I love about Debo is Debo uses looking to the right to get that defender to go to commit, and then gets skinny, goes underneath, touchdown.
1: I mean, honestly, the running away kind of worked. It didn't yep. like if he if he tries to crash there, Trent Williams just throws him into the third row. He just didn't make the tackle. Like, and it's Debo, so it's, I'm not knocking him for it. But he, it, it, in theory, it, his process was sound. It just lo- yes. Trent Williams after the game being like, I've never seen that before. Well, like, yep. people should try and do more things Trent Williams has never seen before because the traditional stuff has never worked against Trent, <laughs> Trent
0: Williams. <laughs> not worked at all. No. So here we here got Kyle. Kyle used check. Doing a great job, right? Play action like they're using. Everybody's selling out, selling out. Flash, look at the space. Mm-hmm. Got an option right here, Devin Lloyd down underneath that um, on the twenty-two, and then you have Kyle Yusek on the ten back and Brock Purdy season. Look, t- starts pointing. Look at him; he's over there like he's Kyle. Th- Kyle thought he was good. Watch this, yow! If they have all their guys healthy, I think it's going to be the NFC Championship game. San Francisco 49ers against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what I believe. And I, 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 don't, I don't know how it's going to play out and who will, who will represent the AFC, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a hell of a Super Bowl. It's going to be exciting. I, I think it's going to go down to the wire the same way the Philadelphia Eagles went down to the wire with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not going to be. A dominant game is gonna be a chess match where there's gonna be plays left on the field because of San Francisco 49ers. um, They're very similar to Eagles and the 49ers where their secondary is not hugely dominant. They play a lot of zone coverage. They're capable of giving up plays, but they're also capable of making plays. Well, they they still need they still need somebody in in the secondary at some point next year sure. that can really help them shut down a, a, a side of the field, right? Because that right. is going to become a problematic. That's going to be prone problematic when you got Jamar Chase, you got T Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd. Um, when you have a Patrick Mahomes, when he may not be playing with. Uh, all pro bowlers at his wide receiver, but he his ability to get those guys the ball in space can be tr- can be trouble.
1: Right. And he can see the whole field at all times yes. too. So yep. it's like yep. it, you you may not have uh, the all talent, all world talent receivers, but as if one's open, he's gonna find them. The Cowboys have been since losing to the 49ers, they've been blowing the door well, they didn't beat the Eagles. They played well with the Eagles, but the offense has been humming. Uh, they've got the Panthers next.
0: Thoughts? It's going to be a tough game. First of all, Cowboys fans are going to take over at Bank of America Stadium this mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, I, you know, I just hope they can keep it competitive. Right now, it's just as tough. Right? The expectations for the Carolina Panthers and his fan base and the realistically what's on the field, obviously is not ideal. Uh, but as long as they can continue to show progress. And I say progress, meaning not to harm Bryce Young, not to some of the young draft picks that you got, some of the guys that you have not to create bad habits to where um, they now start to have bad habits of looking at the rush versus keeping his eyes down the field or a guy Mm -hmm. who's um, now who's starts to take plays off. If they could make sure that doesn't happen, And just use these last couple of weeks as evaluation process of what we need to go in the offseason to work on and improve. Then then this is one of those games, man. This is a test. Uh, This is a test. For for the job, like are can you handle the stressful job
1: for the Cowboys? What's what's going through their mind preparing for a game like this? Is this a game where they can slip up and and overlook a team, or is this like a game where guys are like, "Let's get our no, numbers." No, this
0: isn't a. This is not a game you slip up and overlook a team. This is a game where you can get fr- as a pass catcher, you get frustrated because you're expected to catch a lot of passes. That, that, that's that's sure. what this this is, and I, I've been in some of those games where you start to kind of moping a little bit it's like man hey give me opportunities man stop running this football right right cd lamb is catching all those passes he's doing a great job man he's out there he's he's out there running some good routes so that's Mm -hmm. good
1: yeah Dak had an unbelievable play we kind of like that purdy play where he just threw it up there uh late in the game or late in the half rather and he just trusted CD would come back and get it. And right now those two guys are as in sync as, as can be.
0: Need to be. That's their go-to guy, right? Mm-hmm. Need, need to be in sync. Need to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Let's cut to week 11.
0: Yeah.
1: With some with some games we're looking forward to. I'll start since we already talked about this game a little bit. But Bengals-Ravens, mm. like you said, everything that's on the line with this AFC North, the Bengals still looking for a win in this division the Ravens can actually get themselves some breathing room, especially coming off that Cleveland loss. They can get themselves some breathing room, help try and – they're not going to bury the Bengals with a win here, but they can put that first layer of dirt on the casket if if they can if they can get a win here.
0: I'm excited to watch this game. I'll be on site to see it. I uh, haven't been back in the uh, Ravens for a while, so I'm excited to see this game and then just kind of watching um, – <clears throat> How does Joe Burrow handle the rush? Will they continue to still throw the ball? I think T. Higgins has already been out for this game, so Mm -hmm. uh, all eyes on Jamar Chase. I am watching because the last couple of weeks there have been some explosive plays on Marlon Humphreys, right, Um, that I want to see are – Are and will the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals try to isolate Marlon Humphreys the same way the Steelers were able to isolate George Pickens and Marlon Humphreys at times?
1: Well, we don't have to do them in order, just one of your three games.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I want want to start off with this one first, man. The Las Vegas Raiders at Miami, right? Antonio Pierce, uh, how he's been – he has – Coach this team. So this is not the same Las Vegas Raiders that doesn't, that don't show up. But how do the Miami Dolphins bounce back? There's a lot of questions, and this game is gonna give people the answers. We've been the we all have said they haven't beat a team with the winning um with a winning record. They go to Germany and they lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. The remaining schedules, they have Las Vegas. Then they got to play the Jets twice one away, one at home. The Commanders, the Titans, Cowboys, Ravens, and then they finish with the Buffalo Bills. I I, I think this game, I I think this game, and the one, two, three, four, five. Five games before their last game is gonna tell us a lot about the Miami Dolphins. Are they are, are they are they gonna be the AFC team we saw them in the beginning of the season? or have teams started to figure them out?
1: On that same vein, I've got Jets Bills, which I think is a primetime game, which Yeah that. Yeah, it is. I'm sure when the schedule maker was laying this all out, he was like, "This is perfect. Rodgers, Josh Allen, battle for first place." Not quite. No. Um, but
0: battle to the bottoms. Ooh.
1: Sorry. <laughs> this is a game. The Jets feel like they can win this game regardless of who's quarterback. They've already done it once this that year. That is
0: not that is not true. That is not true. How? Man, Zach is hamstringing to these dudes, man.
1: That they've been they're very used to that. That's not <laughs> they're a, on year I mean, three of that. It's
0: not getting better. It's no it's, sure I, isn't. I think it's I I think it's actually getting worse.
1: Well, it's interesting with the Jets too. Like Zach Wilson's obviously bad. Had Rodgers not got hurt, are we sure there are enough pass catchers on this team? Garrett Wilson's unbelievable, tremendous talent. He's still getting his numbers, even with Zach Wilson. Outside of him, is are we sure this was like as stocked a, a weapon room as as it was projected? As it well, was talked even, about in the preseason.
0: Even it's hard to say that because even when some of these guys are open, Zach Wilson doesn't see him. Sure, he he doesn't. He's not patient in a pocket, going through his progression. He doesn't see it. Just he doesn't see it at all, man. So I, I, I'm I'm not watching that game. I'm not watching no, the Jets. I'm, I'm not watching the Jets until Aaron Rodgers comes back.
1: I mean, in the Bills, like the Bills, the Jets think they can win this game, not because they have some uh, insane belief in Zach Wilson. The Bills probably look like lunch meat to a lot of teams right Ooh, now.
0: Whoa, lunch meat! Ooh, baloney?
1: The very same. Yeah.
0: Ooh, my <laughs> yeah. Gracious man, you calling somebody lunch meat? That's so disrespectful. Yes. Moving on after that one, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Can will Cleveland show their dominance? How does how does the Steelers' defense make it make it out of this hole with some of the injuries? You got uh, Mika Fitzpatrick calling out um, the defensive coordinator. You got offensive linemen getting benched because he's the head coaches overheard him uh, complaining about uh, the play calling for the offense for the offensive coordinator, right? Which I mean, he just said what all of us was thinking out loud. (laughs) But you can't say that when your boss hears you. I got the Cleveland Browns. I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns, see how they do. But I'm also worried, right, what Kevin Stefanski did in the second half. Will he do that the whole game, or is he going to go back to the chucking and ducking it which I kinda got a feeling he does. Like I, I hope what they did in the second half is what they what the Cleveland Browns do offensively moving forward because that just puts that defense in such a great position to pin their ears back and and, and really go. And, and you have lost Denzel Ward at least for a week with a concussion. He's a concussion protocol. So to give your team a, a, a breather a little bit can help you.
1: I've got a I've got a prediction for this game. Ooh. I think we get our first tie of the season.
0: Cleveland and Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. What's the score?
1: I don't think it's gonna. It's not going to be a fun score. Like 15-15, something weird like that. Ooh. Maybe 16-16, a touchdown and some field goals, something like that. Okay. I don't – this, this game feels like – remember probably like 15 years ago, Alabama and LSU would get together and they'd put up just the most disgusting nine-to-six game you've ever seen. And that's what this game feels like to me. Defense, like offensive struggle for both sides. And then Eagles-Chiefs. Uh, this Ooh. is the primetime game. This is, this Should is what be. we do. Should for. be. <laughs> this is this is what we play for. This game right here. Eagles-Chiefs. I'm sure the Eagles. How much is that? How much are they thinking about last year coming into this game? It has to be on their minds even a little bit.
0: Well, it is on their minds because you're going to have some of the game plan right and some of the film you're going to be watching it has to be that Super Bowl, right? It's going to be a little bit it will be a little bit of the season, right? Especially for one team who um you know, with Spags being the defensive coordinator, right? The one issue that I have though that I think a lot of people are not paying attention to and People are talking about the receivers. Matt Nagy is still finding his rhythm. Mm -hmm. And Brian Johnson is still finding his rhythm. Because when you are a coordinator, even though the playbook may be the same, coordinators, just like people, they're people, they look at different things compared to the other guy, right? People right. aren't really talking about how well Eric B. is doing with the commanders and how the Kansas City Chiefs' offense is sputting along a little bit. They keep mm-hmm. blaming it on the receivers. But, man, uh, the the way Matt Nagy's calling the offense is different. It looks different. It feels different. The numbers are different. It's It's different. And then the same with, this, with the 49 with the, uh, with the Eagles, Brian Johnson, he's calling things differently. His, his cadence, what he likes, his opening 15 coming out in the second half is just different and I, don't, and I don't think people are really putting in account the different coordinators impact the game just as much or even more than players.
1: Yeah, I mean, these aren't algorithms. These are human beings, so yep. they're not – it's not like every second and eight, every guy is going to call the same thing. If that were the case, defense would be super easy. Yep. Um, so it's, yeah, like you're saying, it, he's feeling out the rhythm, and they're still winning games, and that's where it's like, all right, if he does get it together, it's going to be a dangerous dangerous team yep. come come January and February.
0: And I, can I go on record right now in saying that the Los Angeles Chargers uh oh. I, I just don't know if Staley's gonna make it, bro. I, I <laughs> Probably just not, no. like when I watch when I watch them, they 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 leave you with so much to, to to be desired. Shout out to Quentin Johnston getting his first touchdown this weekend. Congratulations. <clears throat> Great job, right? My man has been playing and he's getting in there, getting getting acclimated. Uh, running some pretty good routes and, uh, you know, he's doing some good things. So I wanted to point that out and and uh, also hit some people up in the comments who were saying that he's, he's going to be the next this and next that. Uh, Steve's a hater. Just wanted to uh, just point out, listen, I study a lot of film. You may not like how and what I say, but don't get mad because I'm only telling you what the film tells me, right? I said he can play. I just said I had some question marks. He's starting to get a little bit better feel, but he's not instant grits. He, you just can't plug him in, and all of a sudden, he's going to be catching a 1,000 passes. It's going to take some time. I think I think overall in his career, he'll be fine. But I, I don't think he's going to have the same big boy success that people thought he was going to be in college, that he was just going to do it in the, in the NFL because – of his size. Just, it didn't happen. It doesn't happen that way. It takes some, some time, some skill and and a little bit of practice.
1: People still comment on that, that short on when I posted it on TikTok, And this weekend I went back and rewatched it. And you start off by saying, I watched the film. There's a lot I like. And then the next play, there's something I don't. People only heard the second part of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I said, I I did this actually. I said, there's some things I like. I'm like, and then there's some things I'm like, ah, stinks. right, ah, <laughs> right. That's, what, that's what I did. Right. right. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying that I think the kid stinks. That's I never said that.
1: No. You said it's inconsistent.
0: Really? We all are.
1: Right. right? Which means I, there are highs and lows. Like that's, no, that's what it means. Say it ain't so it doesn't mean it's all lows. That would just no. mean you think he stinks. That would be yeah. a different assessment.
0: Yeah, and I'm and, and I'm never gonna. I rarely have said a guy stinks, right? Right. If I think a guy stinks, let me give you a, let, let me tell you something. I won't watch the film, <laughs> sure. or at least I won't do a breakdown on him.
1: Right. You'll watch I the film, but that'll be it. It won't yeah, be I'll public. Go,
0: I'll go like this. I'll go. Eh, we will let that one go. You <laughs> we'll let that. Oh, got another one. Uh, uh, a J. Perry from Wait oh, Eighteen Perry. A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, I think called a pass and a touchdown this weekend. Congratulations. Congratulations. I like that. But some people asked me to break him down. They said he was going to be the next. Listen, folks, just remember, when I do my breakdowns this offseason, if I don't do a breakdown of a guy, I'm trying to tell you he's not the guy. This has been another unbelievable episode of Cut to It. I'm agent 89, Steve Smith Sr., Coley Mack, my great, outstanding Boston, Massachusetts, Rhode Island co host, who is now a 49ers faithful fan because I made him get on. I, <laughs> I made him get on. Hey, look at that thing. Look, let me see. Look, this is when it's not across my body. Look how, and then when the real bicep. Like, remember those? Oh, uh, yeah. You know. What are you going to do when these 22 inch pythons <laughs> run wild on you? Uh, brother. Brother. <laughs> Hulk, who had a better, who had a worse hairline? Hulk Hogan, who still had long hair back there, or Jerry Rice?
1: <laughs> Jerry, Don't, at least. Why? He did bring the braids back <laughs> when he was with the Raiders. That yeah. was a top 10.
0: Great show, fellas. Lou, Dean, uh, JB, all y'all appreciate you, man. Great job. We, everybody. Brian, uh, Joe. um, uh, I got Tegan here. Tegan. Oh, yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty